normal human beings, also known as the prophets and the messengers, the righteous ones, the saints, become special because they have an encounter. They have an encounter with beings that appear to be human, but they're actually not normal humans. The ones that they are encountering are people that came from above. Wow. My dear sister Tiffany Oldani. Thank you so much for having me here today. Good to have you back. So today we're going to talk about the topic of extraterrestrials and UFOs and their connection to the uh, divine religions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. Okay. It's an interesting topic. Yeah. So uh, there is this phenomenon that has happened from the very beginning of time, from the very beginning of mankind's history. And that is that there have been these tales, these stories, um, events that were preserved in the artwork, you know, or the uh, myths of different cultures and civilizations. If you go back uh, to the days of the caveman, uh, you have preserved till this very day the caveman's art. He would draw things on the walls in the caves. You would find in there um, scenes of people and they're chasing with spears woolly mammoths, or they're chasing with spears uh, buffalo, right? Mm -hmm. And so people came to realize that, oh, these were drawn by people of ancient times. Yeah. They would experience something, you know, or something would take place in their day. What would be important in their day? What would they need to utilize their, en their energy on? What would be the highlight of the year? Maybe the highlight of the year is when the whole community, the town, uh, the family, they went out, you know, and they and they were running, uh, chasing these bulls, and they captured a bunch of them, and it gave them enough food for, you know, a gigantic feast, and they were happy about that. And therefore, after this experience that they had, uh, the children or the elders sought to preserve the story, and so they painted it on the walls. Yes. And then you have uh, something interesting that would take place. You would find all of a sudden these images of objects that are in the sky that people have not really been able to tell what are these things, as, as well as paintings of beings that do not look like the rest of the, the the human beings that were drawn or painted on the on the cave walls, right? Yeah. Uh, ones that look different. Uh, perhaps they have bigger eyes, or they have strange hair, or oddly shaped uh, heads or arms. Yeah. Um, the same thing takes place in other cultures and in other civilizations where they, they have 
natural events that are being depicted in their hieroglyphs or in their artwork that is surrounded by hieroglyphs or in their um you know in their in their in their drawings their murals depictions of kings that are conquering certain lands in ancient Egypt, you have uh, lots of images that are drawn, murals on walls or in tombs that depict the accomplishments of that king. Uh, if he went to war against a nation and he captured the king, they would draw that captured king on the ground being held by his hair or about ready to be slaughtered or at the feet or at the mercy of the Egyptian king. And so once again, even in Egyptian civilization, as things shifted for human beings from the cave to greater, larger civilizations, such as the Babylonians or the Akkadians, the Sumerians, the Egyptians, the Phoenicians, they depicted their history. And just as the caveman drew oddly shaped human beings or things that were in the sky, uh, including the sun and the moon, but also other objects that are unidentified. You have over here in these civilizations, you find them being obsessed with depicting the heavenly bodies up above. Okay. And, and many of them depicted them to such a high, highly detailed and correct extent. And uh, there are examples of that in South America, where certain cities or towns were constructed to mimic the solar system up above or to reflect the solar system in the very design of the city. Um, and you have other examples, which Zachariah Sitchin and other people have pointed out, other researchers and authors have pointed out, where the Babylonians and the Sumerians have depicted in their artwork uh, the sun and the moon and the, the exact number of planets that are in our solar system that are rotating uh, around the sun. And they found this fascinating. And in addition to that, they had depictions of other objects that were in the sky, as well as other human beings that were painted differently than the rest of them. Okay. Some of them come in the form of having a different skin tone or a different color. So you have, for example, in the ancient Egyptian civilization, um, paintings where you have the Egyptians painted in, in different tones of uh, brown and sand, sandy color, right, yes. or beige, their skin. And you find really in Egyptian society today that the people in Egypt have that type of skin tone. Yes. Yeah. And you have them depicting the people that, um, you know, came from African nations as, as being very dark brown. Yeah. yeah. So they would paint the people's skin and depict their faces as they would see them. Yeah. And yet they would also paint images of other beings that their skin tone was either greenish or bluish, yeah. such as Osiris. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 And the Egyptologists and the uh, historians have tried to explain this by giving like, okay, like some sort of 
uh, you know, allegorical meaning to it or some sort of deep uh, meaning and they shift away from the uh, we see, therefore we paint to preserve history as we saw it, as it happened to one of, uh, you know, the, giving a deeper meaning uh, behind things or trying to philosophize on why it is that these people were depicted uh, differently in an attempt to, to uh, you know, normalize the explanation. Because not only that, but they also come across these half-human, half-animal, hybrid-type creatures that are that are painted. Uh, for example, you have Horus, who is one of the ancient Egyptian gods, and he's depicted as having a falcon head, yes. you know, and a human body. You have uh, Anubis, who is the god of the dead, and he is depicted as having kind of like a jackal's head and a human body. Yeah. You know? So, you know, archaeologists, they wondered, what is this? And they contemplated, and they dismissed the idea that these creatures that are being depicted could have really existed in real life in that form, or that the ancient Egyptians could have saw such a thing yeah because we don't see that thing today yeah right yeah so they say for sure this is um you know something that has a different type of meaning to it yeah they find the same theme occurring uh in the statue art yeah where the statue makers would would make normal statues of human beings, such as Ramses. He's sitting on his throne, um, you know, as they saw them. Mm-hmm. Uh, statues of uh, Ikhnaton, Echnaton, you know, sitting with his with his wife uh, as we saw them. They yeah. don't have like any other skin tones. They don't have um, they weird colors. They don't have any sort of animal uh, hybrid aspect to them. It would just be them, the king, sitting on their throne. And then we have all these other statues, which are of the gods that are mixed animal-human hybrids. And other entities or creatures, such as the Egyptian sphinx, yeah. Uh, that is famous and known, and everybody knows that it is a it's a lion's body, but with a human head. Yeah, and uh, sometimes they would be depicted as being winged, and other times they would not have wings, like the great sphinx of uh, of Giza or of Egypt, the one that's by the pyramids. Yeah. And this fascinating thing it carried on, and you found it in other civilizations that were separated from Egypt by large distances, you know? Like you you find in the, the Babylonians, they, they have these giant, and in Iran, they have these giant Lamassu-type creatures that are half bull, half human. A bull's body, a human's head yeah. uh, with a gigantic beard. And a, a crown on top of it and wings. Yes. Yeah. So these animal-human hybrids with wings is a recurring theme uh, that happens. And you have also in the Greek and Roman cultures uh, similar things where you have, for example, whether it's Pan, who's a creature that uh, is half human, half goat. From his belly above is human. From his legs down, the belly down is 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 a goat type creature. You have the Pegasus, which is um, a horse with wings. So it's you have this this theme again of either animal human hybrid 
or animals that are not supposed to have wings that have wings. Yeah. The minotaur, minotaur yeah. which is half human, half bull. Yes. People wondered, what are these things? And then they kind of dismissed them as being as being like something of a mythological story yeah. or a legend yeah. or something which represents like, uh, you know, a guardian or something that's made to ward off or scare off the evil spirits or, or people that are coming to kind of like desecrate the tomb or desecrate uh, the holy area. Yeah. And then they became associated with being angels when we shift over then to judaism why because in ancient egypt so you have now these these beings uh, that would be sitting there you have anubis he would be sitting on top of these tombs that they would build you have these winged creatures and winged humans that would be drawn on the sides of the different arcs or tombs that the ancient Egyptians uh, used to build, like the Ark of Horus and other than that. And when Moses went out then of ancient Egypt and he met God, uh, you know, in the incident of the burning bush, what does God command him to do? God tells him, because God now is, is, is dwelling, his spirit is dwelling, these Shekinah, which he's taking as a, as a wasila or a way to communicate with um, Moses, is dwelling in this bush. Mm -hmm. And it requires Moses, it commands Moses to build for it an ark. Yeah. And he builds for it an ark made out of wood and plated in gold and specific dimensions. The interesting thing about this command is what, Tiffany? Is that he tells him to build something on the top of the ark. Yeah. What is it that he asks him to build? Uh, two, two winged angels who are guarding the seat of mercy. So, um, yeah, the, I guess wings then become associated with angelic beings, correct? Yes. So now what? So now what the ancient Egyptians were doing, Moses is commanded to do. Okay. The ancient Egyptians are using arcs, right, yeah. to transport um, the belongings of the king. Uh, they're used in funerary processions. Um, they're placed inside of the arcs these jars that contain different organs yes. that belong to the king, right? Yeah, they can have choice. Exactly. Yeah. These arcs were being used by the ancient Egyptians yeah. that were depicting these sphinxes and these half-animal, half-human hybrids and that had people painted that had different skin tones and different colors and that on top of the ark there would either be the head of Horus guarding it or it would be a statue of Anubis that would be guarding it. God commands Moses to make an ark like they had an ark. Yeah, and where weird. were they coming out, uh, out of? They were coming out of Egypt. Yeah. And in the place of the Anubis that's guarding the ark from above, what did they place? They placed two cherubim. Yes. The cherubim, these winged beings, humans with wings, yeah. were already already being depicted in ancient Egypt on the sides. They were drawn on the side of the arks themselves. And so uh, it's almost like, God was confirming this idea that already existed and that the people in Egypt had yeah. that there is such a thing called an angel, right? And either they literally had physical wings 
or the wings were used as a symbol in ancient Egypt to depict people that came from the sky. Because a wing does what? Wings do what? They help a person fly. That's why birds, they have wings. And where do wings take you? They take you into the sky. And so where is the heavens? It's up above. Where are the angels from? They're up above. So if you want to depict an angel, a simple way of saying it, you know, to, you know, to, to people that don't necessarily know how to read and write, is to depict a human. But the human is different. What's the difference? He has wings. Why? Because that human that has wings, he came from above. Wow. I mean, this is extremely fascinating. I mean, talking about this connection between all of these ancient cultures and how they had this this concept and it's appearing in the the artifacts that we have, the artwork that we have, but nobody has the explanation uh, exactly of uh, what this could possibly symbolically mean and then tying it to the Abrahamic religions and how there's this clear connection between what the ancient Egyptians were doing and what God commanded Moses to do in building the Ark of the Covenant and this connection between the Abrahamic faiths and these ancient civilizations uh, is really fascinating. It's uh, it's the first time I've ever heard uh, somebody tie all of these things together. Yeah. So then, so then, what happens, Tiffany? So then, um, now you have this this spirit of God speaking to mankind from behind the wings or between yeah. the wings of those two angels. Yeah. So then what is God trying to tell us? And what was he trying to tell Moses and the Israelites by doing that? Well, a, the very simple apparent meaning that could be withdrawn from that is that what? Is that, okay, well, these two humans that are on top of there, that have wings, they come from the skies, they come from the heavens above, they're angels. And most importantly, they are the protectors, the representatives, the messengers of God, and God speaks through them. God speaks with them. God speaks from behind them. So it was a confirmation of the status and existence and importance of the uh, people. Now, there's something even more fascinating, Tiffany. If we go now to the Bible, the New Testament, the Gospels, right? What do we find in there? We don't find it in the, in, the four go- in the four Gospels, but we find it in the book of Revelation that there's this man who has a dream mm-hmm. and he gets to see the heavens above. He's transported there. He witnesses the throne of God. He sees the 24 elders that are around. He's seeing the highest stations, right, of the heavens above. And then he finds something. He finds four beasts. Beasts, he calls them. Creatures. Yeah, living creatures. That are surrounding the throne of God. What are these creatures and beasts that are surrounding the throne? They have, uh, I mean, now that that I'm thinking about what we're talking about, they have this, this combination of animal features and human features and also wings. Animal-human hybrids with wings. Can you believe that? That's amazing. It is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And it never occurred to me that, yeah, all of these things are tied together. Wow. So one of them has a human face, but he has wings. Yes. And the rest of them, they have animal faces, but they have wings. Yeah. And they're described, all of them, as being cherubim. Yes. The same 
cherubim that were on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Right? Yeah. The same beings then that we see in the ancient Babylonian culture and in the ancient Egyptian culture. And then that means what? That means that the ancient Babylonians, Sumerians, and people that were depicting these beings, the ancient Egyptians, what they were depicting was actually angels. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. That's, that's extremely fascinating. Or those beings that they would see and interact with that they knew came from the skies above. Okay. 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 All right. So here's, here's what I mean by that, Tiffany. If we look in the Bible, what do we see happening? We see that it is filled with stories where there are normal human beings, also known as the prophets and the messengers, the righteous ones, the saints, normal human beings that are become special because they have an encounter. They have an encounter with an angel of the Lord. They have an encounter with beings that appear to be human, but they're actually not normal humans, yeah. you know, yeah. and it scares those individuals. And the only difference between them and the people that they are encountering is that some of them are human and the other ones that they're encountering, so the prophets and the messengers are in the saints are the ones that are human, and the ones that they are encountering are people that came from above, that they're angels. Okay. Examples of that is Joshua, yeah. son of Nun, when he's in the middle of the battle, what happens? The angel of the Lord appears to him and yeah. speaks to him, and he falls down in prostration to him. And the angel of the Lord gives him instructions on, on what to do next. Exactly. Yeah. Balaam ibn Ba'urat. When he's on his 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 donkey and he's headed towards, uh, you know, to send a curse down on Moses, and the donkey doesn't move anymore. Why doesn't the donkey move? The donkey doesn't move because it sees something which Balaam doesn't see at first. Mm -hmm. And then when Balaam is able to see, what does he see? He sees an angel of the Lord standing, blocking the way, holding a sword. Okay. 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 We have Maryam, Mary. Uh, mother of Christ, yeah. who came to her? The angel, Gabriel. He, he the, came to her and gave her the news. What about Mary Magdalene when she went to the tomb of Jesus Christ? What did she see? Um, she saw... And the, it, the disciples. Uh, uh, you mean inside of the tomb? Yes. Angels? Angels. Yeah. It's, in one account, it's two angels. In another account, it's one angel. And so it's filled with these stories. That's the point. Yeah. Uh, even Abraham, uh, when the three angels, when they came to him, when they're on their city, they're on their way to the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Right. And Lot, the guests of Lot, who were they? They were these three yeah. angels, these three men that are not human beings, but rather they came from above. Yeah. Messengers from the skies. Yes. And so that's kind of like the the entire right Judeo. Christian Islamic story. Yeah. The story of encounters that are taking place between human beings and those messengers from the skies. Yes. And you even have Ezekiel and his encounter of the wheels, right? His Ezekiel's vision, yeah. wheels. What happened in that vision? 
Ezekiel. He sees, he encounters these wheels that are spinning, that come down. He describes them as a chariot of fire, right? Yes, yeah. This chariot of fire, what's a chariot? A chariot is a vehicle. Yeah. A fire means what? It means, means that it's lit up, it's bright. Yeah. It has light. Yeah. It's a chariot of light, a lit up vehicle that is in the sky that descends down and Ezekiel witnesses this taking place. Yeah. And there are people that are, or something, or a creature, or an intelligence that is inside of the wheels that's speaking to Ezekiel, yeah. right? Yeah. And you have Elijah also, who yeah. was taken up in a chariot of fire. In yeah. a chariot of fire people have drawn a parallel sky. between these two events, yeah. And you have Enoch, who walked with the Lord, and then he was then taken he away, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. So now, what's, what's, what's happening? We have people, accounts that were preserved in the Torah, in the Gospels, in the Quran, in, the, in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, and the traditions, stories of the prophets and messengers and people that have had encounters with large vehicles that descend down on the earth that, that are very bright and have light or that travel in the clouds that uh, contain within them messengers that speak to human beings or visit human beings, interact with human beings in the form of human beings. But in reality, they are described as being angels or emissaries from God Almighty, right? Yes. Ambassadors from God that are giving instructions to man on how to interact. Yeah. And then in modern day, you have, in, mo in, in modern times, you have people that are disbelieving in the Bible and, and in religion altogether because they say that these wondrous stories and encounters that God had with mankind um, no longer is happening. It's no longer existing. Yeah. yeah. So therefore, because it's not happening and these are describing fantastical things that happened before, we can't believe in it because there's no evidence in the, of it right yeah. now, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. It's like somebody that says, you know, like tales of unicorns or dragons, and we don't see dragons today, so therefore dragons must have never existed. Yes. Okay? Yeah. But there's also always the possibility that dragons did exist, but we just haven't found evidence of them. Yes. Right? But we do find a different phenomenon taking place in modern times. Yeah. So the, this old phenomenon went away, but a new phenomenon happened. Or is it the same phenomenon? And that is the appearance of lights in the sky, objects that are flying around, objects that are that have been painted in paintings from the 1400s and the 1500s, stories that have been passed from one generation to another from hundreds of years ago and also from modern times that are not describing these things as angels but are describing them as extraterrestrials or people that come from a different planet or, um, you know, aliens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
I, I mean, I, I think that that's that's an amazing question because, like as you said, these these events are not happening anymore. People are um, people are they're critical of religion for this reason. They're saying the, the, these things aren't happening. We're not having these appearances of chariots of fire and uh, beings uh, appearing as, as angels or these hybrid creatures or um, you know any of these things that we've spoken about, but we clearly do have something else that's taking place. And a lot of, especially uh, nowadays, a lot of people are taking note and even governments are acknowledging that there are unexplained uh, objects in the sky. Exactly. So now, so now uh, it is a fact here that there are people that are claiming to witness the same things that the people in the Bible were claiming to witness, which is what vehicles in the skies, right? People with wings or people that come from the skies up above. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they've reported there's there's hundreds of thousands of accounts of people throughout history that have claimed to have been abducted by aliens, right? And have been told by these aliens certain things. They have been given missions or told that, uh, given warnings that humanity is on the brink of destruction, you know, or given visions of a world that's to come, right? Yeah. Told things, shown things, taken for a ride up in the chariots, taken mm-hmm. like Elijah was taken, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or given messages like the prophets and the messengers. Uh, were given messages or they witnessed these vehicles descending down just like Ezekiel witnessed these vehicles, um, this chariot uh, descending down. Yeah, yeah, it's clear that that this is very likely the exact same thing taking place in our modern time, just described in a different way. You have images of creatures that are mixed together, animal-human, and you have stories and tales of experiments that have taken place by people who claim that they were abducted upon ships and they were handed babies or they were impregnated with 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 uh, alien sperm and they gave birth to a mixture of of an alien human hybrid and you have also accounts in the Bible uh, which talk about how there was these beings that wanted, uh, you know, to that they fell in love with the, or in some of the, the Gospels, the Gnostic Gospels, the manuscripts, uh, about how some of the Nephilim, uh, you know, they desired the daughters of man, yeah. that the sons of God desired the daughters of man, and they began to... Um, multiply with them right and they gave birth to the giants is what they called them yeah 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 so uh, you the the parallel is clear the phenomenon has remained consistent and the same the names or the titles that we are giving them have changed okay but essentially what they are describing is the same some people are taking it, the older accounts, in a religious context, right? Yes. Um, possibly because of the simplicity uh, that must have uh, been used in the language that the prophets and the messengers were utilizing in order to communicate this idea or these events to 
um, the people that were living at the time because they had no concepts of technology and and uh, you know other planets and other worlds that are out there they didn't even know the nature of their own world or or how that existed let alone to understand these types of things so the prophets and messengers would just say that they're angels from the lord right yeah and today you have the same things being described but giving you know, being stripped of any sort of religious context and being studied as a scientific phenomenon, right? Uh, and that is backed up by physics and probability and everything else that, okay, since there are billions and billions and almost an infinite amount of stars out there in this ever-expanding universe, then there must also be an uh, in endless amount of planets that are capable of sustaining life, just like our planet. Yeah. And if that is the case, then there must be a percentage of those planets that have, an, have on it life that has advanced to such a degree that it is similar to our planet. Yeah. Right, And then there must be a certain percentage of those planets that have advanced or have existed long before our planet has. And therefore, they must have achieved some sort of ability to be able to, to travel from uh, one planet to another planet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, very fascinating. And, and you have eyewitness accounts and videos and things that are coming out nowadays uh, really uh, in the public in such a way that's never happened before. Yeah. Uh, previously, they've sought to cover things up. And uh, they had secret bases like uh, Area 51, yeah. uh, where they've, uh, they were allegedly keeping alien technology for a very long time, or certain Air Force bases where they were storing um, you know, the remains from uh, crashes, alleged UFO crashes that took place, for example, like the one that happened in 1947 in Roswell, New Mexico, which mm -hmm. is extremely famous. And then the government came out and they made a, a press release saying that they have actually recovered the uh, ufo and then they retracted um you know that story and uh, put out a new story basically saying something ridiculous like it was a weather balloon causing this decades-long conspiracy theory yeah. you know and people to be obsessed with with and, and make roswell new mexico kind of like this mecca of uh, ufo uh, you know retreats and 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 a place where ufo you know hunters could go and uh, try to investigate uh, the truth of what happened uh, in that in that time yeah. you have an islamic in the Islamic um, sources, this idea too, and a lot of hadith, a lot of narrations, and a lot of stories about how there's these other beings that inhabit the skies along with angels, right? And these other beings are called jinn. Mm -hmm. And the jinn uh, in the Quran, they uh, sit in the skies above, right? And they, in space, uh, and the space that we can see with the naked eye, and they are... Um, you know, spying on the angels and over listening to their plans, um, and 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 spying on human beings from places that we cannot 
perceive them or places that we cannot see them. But we know it is space because the Quran states that whenever one of them now attempts to uh, listen, that they find a comet or a meteor that's being sent forward to strike them. And so there's a supernatural reason that's given for the existence of comets or, and meteors uh, when it happens, it's it's happening because it is striking down. It's used as an attack or a, or a weapon against um, you know the uh, the jinn that are up there that are listening. Well, what else do modern civilizations, modern countries today use to spy on other nations? They use satellites. Yeah. Where are satellites? Spy satellites. They're in the okay. in, in the, in the, in the in space, space, in the yeah. skies above, right? Yeah. So uh, when we're when we, when the Prophet Muhammad or when the Quran was talking about these comets or meteors that are going forward to strike these jinn, were they talking about uh, every a common and meteor that might just be a rock that just so happens to come by or are they talking about the idea that perhaps there 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 are these beings that are up there angels that are operating in that space above that are in chariots of fire that are traveling in the spaces above our heavens and they're shooting at these other possible chariots or beings that are hovering also in our upper atmosphere in space and from the perspective of a person who's standing on earth he's unable to distinguish between the comets and the meteors that kind of like scrape this light that just scrapes through the the sky the shooting star so to speak and between a um, you know a weapon that's being used by one extraterrestrial intelligence against another extraterrestrial intelligence yeah. and we got to also address this whole um, word extraterrestrial what does terrestrial mean terrestrial simply means something which um, you know belongs on the planet earth yes something that walks and lives on the planet yeah. extraterrestrial means something that is not in native to the planet earth something which is from a different place above right yeah. uh, outside of the of this realm of earth right yes and that's that's the same thing with with uh with extra dimensional it's something that's outside of this dimension yes so is it appropriate is it acceptable would it be correct to state that jinn are and angels are extraterrestrial beings well i mean angels aren't native to the planet yeah by definition by that, definition yeah. angels are and would be called what extraterrestrials yes extraterrestrials wow i mean my mind is blown i i you you made it so clear and and i, th I think that it's really important the point that you brought up about how the, the prophets and the messengers in, in the times that they were living, they, they didn't have the, the language, people didn't have the understanding that we have today. Uh, technology has advanced really far. Now we have such a thing as a, as a spaceship and a satellite, and, and we use a completely different terminology. So the, the language that we're seeing described in the scriptures is the language that was appropriate for the people of the time. But that does not mean that it's not talking about the same thing. In fact, I think it's rather clear that, that it is talking about the same thing. Yeah, and I think it makes people really uncomfortable. And part of the idea on, on 
you know, of, of, of why governments believe that this must be a safeguarded secret is because it brings up too many questions that will uh, rub people in the wrong way and perhaps bring up bring along the apocalypse itself. That's why it's top secret and classified. Because, because imagine if people discovered that extraterrestrials were real. Yeah. They would automatically have to ask and question the validity of the Bible. Okay, well, what does that mean in regards to my religion? What does that mean in regards to the Quran? What does that mean in regards to the Torah? What did God say about right. these people? Right. Right. So then they'd look and they'd find like, okay, well, God's Lord of the worlds and the Quran. So there's other worlds. So maybe they're just, you know, people from these other worlds. But then there would be a lot of people that would say, no, 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 no. If these people, if these aliens are interacting with us, like God would have told us, he wouldn't have left us without a warning you know, so therefore these people must be demons, okay. you know, or these people must be jinn, or these people must be, must be angels, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then it becomes the thing of like, okay, well, if they're angels with them, what about the demons? Are the demons also extraterrestrials that are from above? You know? Yeah. Well, then in that case, like, who is my government actually making deals with? You know, who are we having peace with? Wow. Like, who's yeah. talking to me? Yeah. Is it good people or bad people? Yeah, yeah, it opens up this whole can of worms. It does open up this whole can of worms. Yeah. And then it becomes a thing of like, okay, well, well, okay, let me, whoa, let me follow with you for a moment. If the angels and the demons, you know, or if the angels are extraterrestrials, how do I know that, 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 what does that mean? Is Jesus and the prophets, like, are the aliens too? Are they alien-human hybrids? Right. Uh, how do we know that the aliens weren't deceiving us? That they didn't just create religion altogether for the sole purpose of controlling us here on Earth? You know? Wow. When in reality, they don't even believe in it and they got something else that's going on. How do we know that they didn't create religion to enslave us and turn us against one another? Or to keep us compliant and obedient to them? Wow. I mean, when you when you bring up these questions, uh, it would expand the nature of our understanding of reality entirely. You know, um, we we think we know the whole story, and then all of a sudden, the story is is much greater. There's all this, there's all of these beings existing that that we never knew about, and all these questions come to mind. Uh, I can understand why uh, people are afraid of the impact that it could have and why it has remained uh, so secretive for the past decades. Uh, even when evidence was starting to come out, the governments were like keeping it hush-hush and they were not confirming it. But it seems like that's changing now. It seems like now um, they're unable to keep it a secret. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that we have the man of God who's able to explain the reality to us because if, if we didn't have that, as you said, there would be all of these disturbing questions that there would be no answer to. Well, you know, Tiffany, um, there, there, there was this guy whose name was Bob Lazar. And Bob Lazar was this guy who came out and he said that he worked at Area 51. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, he's a very controversial figure and a leading figure and voice in the UFO uh, movement and awareness, uh, you know, uh, community. And 
this guy, uh, who is extremely credible, all right, and many of the things that he said, uh, you know, technologies that the government have obtained from extraterrestrials, uh, like all that stuff that he described and said that they had, and it, today it's been confirmed that these these things do exist, and there's even a many documentaries that were made about this guy that people can look into. Uh, one of the things that he stated, uh, which is important for today's episode, on why the uh, UFO phenomenon uh, was basically kept secret. Uh, why it was classified. Uh, and he said that he had access to these classified documents, which basically said that uh, something which he described at the time as being outrageous, like it shocked him, it sounds so unbelievable um, uh, to the people at that time, but today it doesn't sound too unbelievable. He said that they found out, the government found out uh, from their dealings with the extraterrestrials that you know, because Bob Lazar had claimed that there were even deals that were made between the U.S. government and these extraterrestrials, and that what, that's what's led to a jump in technology, and that these beings, um, you know, they come, and some of their ships were captured, others have, have uh, you know, uh, there's been physical contact that was established. They, the, the extraterrestrials, the, the document said, viewed human beings on the planet as containers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Containers. Containers. And that's what, that's one of the reasons why uh, this whole thing has been kept as classified. And I want to play that clip um, for the viewers now. It just, it's so, it's so far out. It's, it's, uh, right. Your objection has been noted. Okay. What is it said? That we're containers. That's how, that's how supposedly the aliens look at us. That we are nothing but containers. Containers of? Containers. Maybe containers of souls. You can come up with whatever theory you want, but we're containers. And that's how I mentioned in the document. Um, that religion was specifically created. So we had some rules and regulations for the sole purpose of not damaging the containers. And so when you take that, that Bob Lazar said, and you take even the, the odd interview that Tucker Carlson did recently and the things that they've been speaking uh, on the media where he said that like the, there's, there's things that he can't even say on TV that are so dark and, and so uh, strange and out there in regarding, it regards to the UFO topic that those who really look into it and figure out what's going on, they'll be deeply disturbed. And you put those two together, Bob Lazar with the comments of, of, um, you know, Tucker Carlson, which also we're, we'll play for you right now. There are parts of that story that I do not understand at all that are really, really, really dark. There's some stuff there that's just like, man, I, I'm not even sure what that means. There's a spiritual component there that I, I don't fully understand. That story bothers me. The public can't deal with it. It's too far out. The implications are too um, profound. It's like, holy smokes, this is heavy. You know what right. I mean? And the government's involvement in it makes it even heavier because then well, you realize the complicity Exactly. Of it. Uh, you kind of get this strange picture yeah. of extraterrestrial beings that have the ability 
to have a human experience on earth and live amongst us and move amongst us and hide amongst us and speak to us in human form. But they're not from here. They are extraterrestrial consciousness that is possessing an extraterrestrial spirit or soul that is possessing or wearing a human body. And then you go back to the Bible and you think to yourself, oh, my God. Every time there was a man from the sky, every time there was an angel that appeared, he came as a human. Even the Quran says, and if we would have brought down an angel, we would have made him a man. Wow. Yes, absolutely. And and sometimes the language is that he had the appearance of a man, but it's it's not that he was a man. he was literally exactly a man. So we have what you said: uh, the this consciousness possessing the form that makes people believe that it is a human, when it's actually not. It's very disturbing. It is extremely disturbing when you think about like encountering some of these beings. Yeah. And you have also these uh, very interesting narrations, okay? Okay. That come from Muhammad and the family of Muhammad, the Al-Bayt, which speak about how in the time of the cotton, the cotton is seen at different points as descending in these domes from the skies. Okay. He travels in these seven domes that are floating in the sky, and he descends from one of them. And the narration states it's not known in which one of those domes he is. And you have also narrations that state that when the cotton comes, that he comes in the clouds in reference to the coming of the Son of Man in the book of Revelation, right? And in the prophecy that he's coming in the clouds, right? Yes. So what do we have again? We have the Khan, the savior figure, appearing, traveling, descending from a chariot that is in the clouds or hidden behind the clouds. And you have stories and tales of government officials and of individuals that state that these UFOs love to hide themselves in the clouds in order that they are not detected and when they travel they tend to travel within the clouds or travel as a cloud uh, in the sky wow incredible i mean you're giving me goosebumps i i think our reality is about to to break wide open and because as we know we're living in the time of the calm so this is a gigantic topic tiffany i think we'll stop there at this at this point uh, so that we don't make the episode too long but we will follow this episode up with several episodes where we're going to talk about uh more about what muhammad and the family of muhammad said about angels about jinn and about extraterrestrials in particular okay are there any narrations that spoke about that including a very unique narration that spoke about how a man in the time of one of the imams found a the body of a being that had fallen from the skies above. Wow. Okay? Okay. 
And we will talk about what this DAO has to say about that topic and about the different types of extraterrestrials that exist out there, um, you know, and whether or not they are good or bad or a mixture of both. Okay. God bless you, Tiffany, and thank you for joining me again. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, I can't wait to learn more about this amazing topic. Thank you so much.